But other than that, we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about Dreamland and Steve Kuhn sitting here with us and talk about his vision for what uh what Dreamland's gonna be and maybe some other things. Also have well, welcome to the freestyle. Yeah, <laughs> always welcome to the freestyle. So this is a this is a new kind of format for us. This is the first interview we've done. Wow. Usually it's just Ben and I just rambling about nonsense. <laughs> whatever we want, whatever we like to talk about. <laughs> and now we have somebody to ramble about nonsense with us. So it's, <laughs> so it's perfect. So Steve, obviously you've done a lot in pickleball and you're starting to do more. And you've, you know, talking offline, you've got big visions for the sport and what you want to do with it. But can you just take us back to how you got introduced to pickleball and how it all sure. came about? So uh, I got introduced through my nephew, uh, my nephew Keenan who told me about this sport called pickleball, uh, I denied that it exists. Because Keenan messes with me a lot. And he's like, you know, there's this sport pickleball you need to play. I'm like, it's a fake you're, sport. Just, you're just making that up. <laughs> that, that was, that you was made the name up. Nobody, said, nobody would ever call anything pickleball. So that was my, my first reaction to, hear, to hearing that. Uh, I then Googled pickleball Austin and found a church in South Austin that had Wednesday night pickleball. I went, uh, I played my first game, I said, I am in. Like literally five <laughs> minutes in. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, my my uh, nephew also teases me a lot. He says that uh, I'm the best non-athlete athlete he knows. Like uh, I, I always think we should have – I, I want to have an event here at Dreamland called the Non-Athletic Olympics where it's just all these sports not, – not, uh, not to offend the pickleball players, <laughs> not the pickleball <laughs> community here. There's some fine athletes, including the two yep. of you. But uh, at least my original take on pickleball was kind of in the ping-pong-y category. More I, like I, a, I leisure, a leisure sport. <laughs> that was my, and I, I was like, this is it. This is like everything I'm good at. It's strategy. It's hand-eye. It's – yeah. It's it's all that and and, and uh, even if I'm not the absolute you know, razor thin quickest, <laughs> I don't have uh, the, that kind of speed. I, I can be I can be competitive in this and just loved it from day one. And that that's part of the reason I love the sport. Yeah, you know, that's we, we all love the sport. Is yeah you know, we have yeah you know, we have you know, twelve and thirteen year olds competing at the highest level. We've had fifty year olds in the national championship. Yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a weird thing. That's a special thing about a sport. And uh, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's one thing I, I love about it. Uh, I, I've tried to do introduce pickleball to a lot of different folks, including a lot of things with kids. And I, I look at, you know, with no offense to my tennis friends, the, the, the contrast of the cost of teaching a kid how to play pickleball versus tennis, obviously it's one-tenth the cost, maybe, maybe better than that. Uh, a lot more kids will be good at it and will enjoy it. And here's the thing that, that, that I don't think everyone takes up on is, yeah, I, I wasn't the most athletic kid. I, I know, you know, given my my svelte figure now, you might might not believe this, but I was a little chubby as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. And when I always say about pickleball, pickleball is a sport where if you're having a draft of players, but you've never seen any of them play, it would be the most disastrous thing because <laughs> you just cannot yeah. tell by yeah. looking at someone. It's, it's very difficult. To be. I've seen some incredible-looking yes. athletes just look incredibly awkward on the court. It's crazy. But, but and vice versa too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and but for kids, if if you're you know, if you're a little chubby or you're not great at sports generally, and you find something you're good at, that's a big deal. And a lot of the kids who are good at pickleball are good, kids who aren't good at any other sport. And that's that's a huge thing. And we we uh, we need to get. And, and I know. A lot of people have worked very hard to get this in front of kids, and I'm, I'm, I'm part of that, but um, you know, thankful to all the other people who have done that, and people who have done that long before I ever even heard of pickleball. I'm super thankful for that. I think we need to keep that going. Yeah. 
we need to introduce it you know, to, to more kids, uh, to more diverse communities, to lower income communities. We need to, to that's, a, that's a huge asset of this sport. Yep. And we need to keep keep working on it. And that. like you said, the cost is low. You just need a, I mean, portable nets are easy to get, a couple paddles that are yep. really cheap, a ball, and boom, you're off. Boom, yeah, absolutely. And another thing I think is definitely that, like you kind of mentioned, it's just so easy to pick up. One of the major things you see with tennis, like anybody starting tennis, kids or otherwise, it's like you get frustrated when you don't get any better in the first couple of times. And not only do you not get better, but it's just miserable to play. You yeah. don't have rallies. It's You can't control the ball. It's just not fun. And, you know, of course, tennis is an amazing sport once you get better and you can have rallies and all that. But there's a lot to be said about having an entry-level sport and immediately having fun. Yeah, absolutely. Would tennis uh, would would pickleball be a good gateway to tennis for a kid? Because you know, like how I they think it would. they created the they created the softer balls so mm -hmm. kids could actually rally and not yeah. just get fed balls. It it would allow them to rally at the from the from basically from the get go mm -hmm. and then kind of lead into tennis. I don't know. Never really thought about that, but maybe that could be a thing. It absolutely could. Yeah. When was when was this that you were going to the church in South Austin <laughs> and figured that out? Five or six years ago. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh, be, again, became quickly obsessed, as so many people do. Yeah, and have been all in, yeah, you know, all in ever since. Yeah. Did you keep in touch with any of those people that you've started playing with from the from the get go? Oh yeah, early on. Oh, absolutely. I still yeah. see them. I see them here sometimes yeah. here at Dreamland playing. <laughs> absolutely. This I don't know because when I was living in Austin last year, I you know I'd heard about Greater Austin Pickleball. Yeah. Did you start that or did somebody else start that? Uh, I was the founder of okay, Greater so Austin Pickleball. Greg was yeah. <laughs> our initial president, Greg Greg Bland, who, yep. who now runs uh, now runs Dreamland. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, that, <laughs> that was five hundred one c three. Clearly, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not a moneymaker. No, <laughs> but that's fine. That, yeah. The goal was I, I thought the, the the pickleball community here. Needed to, you know, be able to find each other, be able to find what, what level they're playing at, be able to get lessons, have tournaments. Um, need to be able to have a voice in the city about helping us get more free courts. Yeah. And we, the organization needed needed to exist. So, yeah, uh, I do I do a lot in charity work, and starting five hundred one c threes is uh, kind of part of what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a foundation with my brother called the ASK Foundation, the Alan Steve Kuhn Foundation, and. Uh, at one point, I was sitting on six different charity boards, <laughs> including the Andy Roddick Foundation. Yep. Uh, I've, I've, I've taken that way back, um, down, now down to two boards, and because I'm, I'm about to, as you all know, uh, have kind of a, a, a real job again. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my real job in life is, uh, is in finance. I'm a former hedge fund manager and a, about to launch uh, a fund with one of my oldest and best friends and super, super excited about that, and that's an all-in that's an all-in thing. You gotta, you kind of gotta take other other projects that you're working on, and you gotta buckle it, down. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you can't think about anything else, but you gotta scale those back. And I've been, I've been actively doing that. But starting 501c3s and helping them get off the ground is something uh, ASK has done, and our executive director is a woman named Diana Greenfield, who's uh, incredible, and uh, she helped us get that started, and uh, and it's, it's still doing well, still going, still running. Nice. I remember that, like when I was first getting into pickleball, I was just googling pickleball Austin, and I know that popped up. Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, so people that are searching in Austin, obviously Austin's growing into this almost a pickleball mecca with having the Pickle Ranch, having Dreamland. You guys here, we're sitting just for some context. We're sitting on a patio here at Dreamland, so we see the courts down, kind of below. Got this beautiful American flag. <laughs> That's 
it's gigantic. <laughs> and I would, uh, I'd like to know how how big is that actually? Do you know, Steve? Because <laughs> it's it's always tough to scale those those type of things. So the flagpole is 150 feet high. Mm-hmm. The okay. flag itself is 50 by 80. Wow, 50 by 80. That's a big flag. Yeah, it's more than a pitcher's mound. M- more than a pickleball court. A, bu- oh, a, little yeah. a little bit bigger than a pickleball. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a good, that's a good reference. That's <laughs> a good <laughs> reference. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, but what I was really interested in, in getting your take on Steve is since we are here at Dreamland and not everyone knows what Dreamland is, I'd just love to hear what kind of the initial mission was and what that mission is now with Dreamland and where it's going and basically all the potential it has because it's just such a fun, cool, and unique place. It's almost like a, a, a playground for me, even though I'm 22 <laughs> now. It's, I still get kind of giddy doing the stuff that you have available around here, and I'm just like, what are we going to have next? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. That, that's very, very kind. Uh, so Dreamland is kind of my tribute to the American dream. And I, I tell people that phrase and that brand of the American dream is arguably the most powerful brand in human history. Even people that didn't speak English, would be willing to risk their lives to come to America to pursue the American dream. Uh, wow, that's, that's a brand. That's, uh, that's important. And I think it's incredibly important for our country and for the world that we remember that and preserve that brand. And this is a, a celebration of that, a celebration of the fact that we live in a country of freedom, that so many people have sacrificed to make that possible. Uh, it's been a country that historically has welcomed people who were in trouble, who were oppressed, were, you know, were uh, fleeing a situation that wasn't, wasn't good for them, wasn't good for their families. It was a place where people of ambition and op- who wanted an opportunity would come. And that has made this country great. I think that's our defining feature. And you know, so, so much over the last decades, I'm not talking about just, just the last few years, we, I think we get too much wrapped up in red and blue and we forget about the greatness of this country. And I just wanted to have a place where people can experience that. I think that's the, that's, that's the first mission. Uh, I think beyond that, I say to our, our team, Greg and the team, that our, our goal is to maximize joy, not maximize revenue. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we try to keep things pretty, pretty affordable around here. Uh, look, can you spend some money here if you really, if you really try? Yeah, you're, you're allowed to do that. And do I, I, and do I want to make some money here? Yeah, I'd like to do that. At the same time, you know, there are folks that, that come here, sit at our our picnic tables, have their kids on the, at their playground. We're about to have a splash pad, and you know, they don't spend a ton of money here, and that's okay with me. That's that's great. I want to be a place where where that's where that's welcomed and uh, and where people are having fun. And it's uh, it, it's joyful when people will come up to either myself or other members of the team and just say they're having a good time. And, and when you said that, that's that, yeah. that that warms my heart. And for those of you who don't know, Steve. Obviously, you're very smart. You have businesses. You've run a lot of businesses, and you could be considered a businessman. But from the other ventures I know you have and the charities and the missions you have, for those of you who don't know him, I would consider him an, an altruistic guy. He, he has missions much more besides business that are that are of primary importance to him, which is pretty clear. Well, well, thank you. I, uh, yeah, I, but this is part of that. This is part – I hope this is an amplifier for you know, everything that, that I'm doing on the charity side. Uh, one thing that we say to the charity groups, any 501c3 that comes here and has a mission that's aligned with our, our feelings, and that's pretty broad, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do events for them at cost. Cool. And, we're, we're, and by the way, people are taking us up on that. We've had a lot of really great charity events here already. And I think as, uh, as the knowledge of, of Dreamland grows, 
we, we want to do more. And so if you're listening to this and you would love to do an event at Dreamland that will, will raise money for an important cause, let, it, let me know and I'll put you in touch with our, with our team. Um, we'd, we'd love to do that. We want to be an amplifier for people who are already doing good work. At the same time, I want this place also to amplify pickleball. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I want this to be a, a place of joy for the pickleball community as well. And so Ben and I walked down this morning because we we're like, okay, let's go get a let's go get a <laughs> drill session in. And the courts were the cor- the nets were down because they were putting the nets up top yeah. to keep the birds out. Yeah. But we were just like, you know what? Let's play some mini golf. <laughs> it, this turned into a training day of mini golf. Yeah, so we got a solid thirty holes in instead of our pickleball training session. You know, it was good for my mental game. It was good for my mental fortitude. I think was it? I got a was frustrated. it because I completely broke you in the first eighteen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Well, I agree to disagree. I think I, I I came out of that mentally stronger. But I mean, you're right. There's just tons. I think, there's I tons think to do. His putting stroke is. Fundamentally flawed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a great point. I that would come back to bite me. You can't, say, you, you can't say that about anything in his pickleball game, <laughs> but I would agree. Oh, no. Fundamentally I've flawed. Never, I've never – that, that really hit pretty deep, actually, because I know it deep down that it is fundamentally flawed. Oh, that hurts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you don't know what Dreamland has, I, I just have a lot of fun here because it's got the pickleball courts and the mini golf. And just between the last time I was here and the time I was here now, it's expanded a lot. Now they have, like, a, a buffet of beer and wine, essentially. That's how <laughs> I think of it, at least. You can just, yeah, like, kind of put, put your glass up to a tap, and they got, like, a bunch of different ones. It's self-serve, pretty cool. And I heard a rumor, Steve, that in the other acreage around the property that's yet to be developed in the – whatever 40 acres you're going to have a lazy river perimeter around it to make the longest lazy river in the entire <laughs> united it's states funny you mentioned that i heard is, that is i heard that, that, that rumor that too real I, cannot, rumor? I cannot confirm or deny <laughs> the existence of said lazy river in the, in the now or the future uh, uh side note everyone i started that rumor i just wanted to happen really bad <laughs> and i'm perpetuating that rumor because i really want it to happen it would be perfect though just uh, just think about it. Just around the whole perimeter, just a lazy river floating along. <laughs> I think we can make that happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's next on the docket. Next board meeting, we're going to propose that. <laughs> but on the non-rumor side of things, what else do we have going, Steve? What is Dreamland expanding into? Uh, we're, we have four covered pickleball courts now. We're about to build 12 more. That should be done August-y, August-ish. Uh, for the kids, we're building a splash pad and – uh, those who live in and around Austin know that it gets mighty, mighty hot around here in the summer, and we're going to get that done by in a few more weeks. So before the heat of summer really hits hard cool. here, we'll have that done, and that's going to be awesome. I think kids are going to have an absolute blast. Uh, we're improving our, our kitchen facilities. Right now we've been doing it out of food trucks, which has been great, but I think we can do better with a more permanent facility and be able to, to do you know, a wider, a bigger menu, a wider variety menu, more quality work. And we have a we have a great chef, but we're we're uh, yeah, I think giving him better tools. So we're all that, and then uh, we want to be a really high quality and amazing music venue. That's a huge a huge project of, of mine. I love live music. Anybody who knows me, I go out. I probably go out and see live music. The part of the reason I lived in Austin is because of live music. I probably go out for like three or four nights a week, um, and we have a, a stage now that with a kind of a giant lawn in front of it that can have 1,200 people for general admission. Um, we, you know, right now, we're obviously, we're, we're, doing, we're doing COVID spacing, so it's about 350 right now, but uh, assuming things get better on that along the line here, we're going to be able to do that. We're also building, at the back of that, a giant sky deck. It's going to be a three-story sky deck. It's going to have 300 VIP seats. And once we have that done, 
the level of musicians that we're able to bring here is going to go up. We'll be able to pay, pay more because we'll have yeah, more seating and, and more VIP seating, and we're super excited about, about that. And, and we want – my goal is if, if you come to Dreamland and you come back a month or two months later, it should be – Mark, it should be noticeably different every time I you come. I can tell you for sure that is definitely true. Because <laughs> I was here in, in uh, October. It's more than a couple months, but it's it's vastly different already. Yeah, I think I think it was uh, kind of a little soft opening for the World Pickleball Day, and there's still a lot of construction, but yep. now everything just seems more finished, more yep. polished. Uh, another thing that I love about Dreamland, even just walking the mini golf course today, is just there's uh, there's sculptures everywhere. There's a ton of art. So can you talk about a little bit about what you're trying to do with the art, the yeah. art stuff? I, I also, you know, I, I love art. I go to, I, when I lived in New York, I lived in New York for a long time with the hedge fund stuff, and I probably went to museums you know, almost weekly. I went to one, one museum or another. I probably went to the Metropolitan Museum a hundred times the time I lived there. Uh, and I think uh, our, our art director is uh, an amazing artist himself. His name is Gareth McGuire. He's also an, yeah, an immigrant to America from no- Northern Ireland. He, he He's living the American dream. Um, and uh, he's just done an amazing job. Of finding artists who have come here and done sculptures, we we paint all our all our water tanks. Uh, we have 18 water pa- tanks painted and a few more to go. There's one right there oh, that yeah. we, we we still got to work on. Uh, and it's just amazing how uh, I think this just makes people happier. I think people love seeing the art, and it just it just creates a, a really fun environment around here we still have yet to i'm still working on the giant pickleball <laughs> we have a giant golf ball oh yeah uh-huh. we don't have a giant pickleball yet so we're, we're yeah, I'm, I'm working on that but I, you know, gareth's done an amazing job and again watch this space i think um what what i what i've hoped to do and what i what i told the team and what the team has been responsive responsive to is once we get this ball rolling the number of people who are coming to us and wanting to partner with us whether it's artists uh, whether it's people who do VR experiences, they're all approaching us and saying, "How can how can we work with you in a way that's, that's good for us, good for our company, but also could make this experience even better?" And it's it's if you if you heard like all the crazy things we might do <laughs> in the next few years, you'd think it was a, it was an interesting an interesting group of uh, possibilities. You don't often find facilities with the the combination of of stuff that you're doing it's, it's a very <laughs> unique place I'd say that much and with the expanding into the other stuff it just becomes more and more of a unique place as we go along so actually i want to i, I, I have a theme in mind that's just i know this is against the rules of freestyle to actually have an idea <laughs> of what you're going to say oh uh, no you can have an idea as long as i mean you're kind of springing on us so <laughs> I, I, I am that's i didn't tell you portion of I, it i did not i did i not tell you what the what the theme was but my, my theme for that i want to express today is gratitude uh, I, I want to be grateful to all the people who have, let's just start in pickleball, who have made the sport great. We're starting from Bainbridge Island mm-hmm. to to today. And grateful to the people who have been at USA Pickleball. Grateful to the ambassadors there. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm grateful to you know, Walter and Christina Dorman. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, who live here in, in greater Austin. They live in San Marcos. But, yeah, they took me under, under, under their wing and uh, when I was – pretty darn crappy and, <laughs> and and help me be a better pickleball player and that happens every day in this yep. sport and to so many thousands of people put it put in so many hours to make this sport better to make it more accessible to other people to spread the word and the sport is absolutely blowing up and it's on the back of those that kindness and i want to be grateful yep. for that i want to be grateful to you know people like you know chicken and pickle and smash park and the other other people who are 
also you know, have created amazing spaces around pickleball. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly was cheering for their efforts and still continue to cheer for their efforts and yeah, and uh, would love to help them in any way. And as, as we build this sport and we find ways to, you know, to let people more know about it, I want to always tell people if, if you're, if you're in San Antonio or if you're in Wichita, wherever you are, go, go to go to take a pickle. If you're in Des Moines, you gotta go to Smash Park. Yeah. I tell everybody that, and uh, I want to be thankful to them because you know, they've helped take the sport to a different place. And yeah, I, that's 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 my that's my theme today is gratitude. Love it. Yeah, regardless of regardless of who's doing what, and you know, some of these businesses are going to be competing per se. Uh, at, at the end of the day, everybody's. You know, whenever you're putting a pickleball court in place, it's growing the sport. So the it, more it, courts, the better. I, I I really believe that, yeah. and I, I don't. Th- I think <laughs> the number of pickleball courts that exist relative to how many the world, America and the world could use is a, a small, small fraction. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't view you know those those are firms as as competitors. In fact, if they wanted to come to Austin, great. Yeah, I'm all for it. I don't. I didn't mean that. I'm not. I wouldn't be angry about it. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't view it as a. They're violating. I, I love it. That's well, great. What's More funny players. about what you're saying though is it's it's not just that you're a nice guy and you want us to pick a ball grow. It's that it can truthfully help like a lot of businesses because not only do you have, of course you have people that are going, Hey, I'll go to this one rather than this one tonight. But more than that, you have more word being spread about pickleball and more new yep. people coming in. Pickleball is at such a high growth rate that whenever something new comes in and encourages more people to pick it up, it really just helps all the businesses. And of course it helps just more people find it. And it's just, I mean, it's exponential and you can just see how rapid the growth is when you see businesses like this getting new people all the time. Right. And, uh, it's funny. I had that conversation with Andy Gensch uh, at Chicken and Pickle Kansas City you know, a few years ago. And he told me that uh, something like 90% of their court rentals were people who had, didn't own a paddle. Mm-hmm. They were renting paddles. And, and, I, and I was like, I, that can't be true. Right? <laughs> like, that can't be true. And, you know, so we opened this place. It's, it's, about, it's about right here. Interesting. And the, most of the people who are playing here are people who have never played before or played a handful of times. They don't own a paddle. Yeah, that's, you know, talk about expanding the sport. And you know, Chicken Pickle's been doing that for years. And Smash Park's been doing that for years. And, again, gratitude. Um, I, I love that. And you know, for, for the players like yourself, for the pros, as the sports get, gets bigger, as there's more people playing, it makes everything better better for you. Uh, and you know, it makes everything you – know, it, it just makes everyone's experience more more joyful. Agreed. And it's interesting. So Ben and I and a group of us went down to Costa Rica uh, to a place called Punta Islita. And there's a guy there, Greg, who's who – Basically, you know, they they resurface pic, uh, tennis courts into pickleball courts. So they this this random little town in Costa Rica has permanent pickleball courts, which is really cool. So we went down there just to have a little getaway and also to train before wor- World Pickleball Championships, which we sadly didn't play because we got <laughs> COVID. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, but while we were there, I have some business friends that I've known for quite a while that live in San Jose, Costa Rica, and they came and visited us, visited us out there and absolutely got hooked on pickleball. Yep. And she sent me a message the other day saying, Hey, we're going to Bali. Can you, uh, can you find out where some pickleball courts are in Bali? So she has no <laughs> frame of reference of like, it's mainly a, you know, a sport in America. Yeah. She just thinks like it's the best thing ever. And like wherever <laughs> she goes, she'll be able to find a pickleball court, but it will be interesting to see, like, you know, as the sport grows internationally where it where it goes because obviously there's still a ton of room to grow in the u.s but i think once people get a taste of it internationally it'll it'll continue yeah. to take off do you have any thoughts on the international like where like how can we grow this game globally 
versus just in the U.S. Because it's taken off in the U.S. And I think it'll continue to snowball. But I s- we're probably a ways behind internationally, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, I think the future is, is bright. I think about China. I, I lived in China for three years. I lived in Beijing. And Beijing does not have a lot of green space. No. They have a lot of concrete. They have a lot of – and pickleball is a sport that could be amazing and could go absolutely mega viral in China if, if, if we get it there. And, you know, again, on the gratitude theme, like people like uh, uh, Riff, Timur Rifkin at, at uh, World Pickleball Federation. He's been to China a number of times and is spreading that love and that joy yeah. and organizing tournaments there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the, the growth in the sport is, you know, we're, you know, I'm going to sound like a, like a Bitcoin promoter now. We're only, it's still about one hundredth the value it's going to be. <laughs> you sound like me now. <laughs> what do they call the Bitcoin enthusiasts? Like stackers or something like that? Isn't there a name for them? Uh, hodls. Yeah, hodls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bitcoin maxis. Hey, we're we're, pickle, we're pickle, pickleball hodlers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long game. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's—I don't know Dan. I don't know Daniel Moore. I'm sure you do. I do, right? Yeah. But he's—he's he's in Japan, I think. And yeah, I've never met him, but I, it seems like he's always doing stuff in in Asia. Yeah. Uh, with pickleball, so that's good to see. What I was, what I've always kind of found interesting about pickleball is, you know, just the basic part of growing a sport is that it has to be easy to to put a a court or a facility in place right like so you see sports like padel in spain yeah their, their courts are huge they have a, a cage a special surface it's just like it's not feasible when it's many hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. to put in one court uh and what i found interesting about pickleball when i first got in was like hey i'm playing on a tennis court right now it's just you're putting down some lines on yeah. a tennis court and a net and it's just easy so i feel like that really helps the international scene just because if you have tennis courts hard courts at least then then you can play pickleball and uh maybe one step of that would be for those all those countries that have like clay court surfaces and that type of stuff we might need new balls and slightly different paddles to play on those surfaces but when you can convert tennis courts to pickleball courts that's what makes it easy and that's what yep. really has grown it a lot in my opinion it's just that's such a basic premise just make it easy to play yeah w- when you look in like uh like like the uk or um, Ireland or places like that where it's you know predominantly wet weather year-round you also see a lot of gym floors do you think do you think the international scene could be more gym floors or do you think it's obviously the pro game in the U.S. is only hardcore pickleball outdoor surface yeah so my only issue with that is generally with the gym floors you see them at facilities where there's a bunch of other lines on the courts there it's very multi-purpose yep. and yeah it's like YMCA's here where it's mostly just for fun games so yeah you could see it as uh, similar to like the YMCA's here where it's a gym, fun, casual sport for some exercise, but I don't think it's going to get very far in terms of making it more serious in that kind of way, just because you need somewhat of a little more dedication than just, ah, it's one of those sports on the gym floor, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that could definitely help, but you, you're going to get somewhere else eventually, I think, when it grows more. Yeah. I think it started, it's probably started in the U.S. like that. I don't know for a fact, but I would just... In a lot of places, yeah, like yeah, Washington especially, because it was rainy during the summer yeah. and cold during the winter and all that. So, yeah, it, it's more of a lead-in. That could also else. be a path for, for those types of places where they get introduced on a wood floor. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think wood floor because everywhere in the world has gymnasiums with yeah. wood floors, uh, like you were saying with, ten- with tennis courts. I didn't see a whole lot of hard courts, actually. And, uh, I mean, there's some. And, like, I lived in Scotland for a bit. 
um, and Ireland. There's a lot of clay, actually, and a lot of uh, this weird, uh, almost is like an astroturf type surface, which is strange, but there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So play on that. Probably. <laughs> different ball, yeah. you know. But I think that that's also going to be a thing is going to different balls and um, different surfaces. For sure. Just like tennis. What else do we want to talk about? This is good. <laughs> I'm just I'm just entranced by this <laughs> big American flag. To be honest, I was uh, talking to Ben earlier. It's like it's almost like looking at a fire. Like just watch <laughs> yeah. it. You could watch, you could watch it all day. What I really liked is you mentioned the American dream, and this is dreamland. It's the American dream. You got this huge American flag, and Robert and I were saying just this morning, is there any more recognizable recognizable image in the world than an American flag? Yeah. I feel like pretty much everybody, even from a young age, and not just the U.S. but the entire world, it's really recognizable you see that yeah everywhere and whether it's liked or not is, is a different story <laughs> but it's very recognizable yes. just a funny side note about the american dream <laughs> what else do we have robert um we should probably talk a little bit about duper this is actually the founding well let's let's, of, of let's just make a quick note on this <laughs> duper conversation right because we got we got a nice little shout out or how would i don't know call call uh, yeah, no let's look at it as a shout out they sure they promoted our podcast sure. Thank you, NML Pickleball. <laughs> we'll give them a little love because they gave us a little love. All right, go ahead. I don't know if love's the right word, but NML Pickleball, No Man's Land Pickleball. It's a new thing, a uh, new blog anyways. The The domain was registered a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we looked it up. We, we tried <laughs> to see who it was. It's an anonymous blog written by Slim and Gritty, a couple of anonymous bloggers that actually do quite good analysis and have – pretty interesting opinions on the pro pickleball landscape so uh anyways they wrote a they wrote an article called uh duped duped by (laughs) duper which also very clever title well done (laughs) well played uh and it was just that ben and i didn't disclose you know in audio that we are sponsored by duper the podcast is not sponsored by duper but us as athletes we are so we believe in the rating system we uh, we believe in transparency, adaptability, and all the stuff, all the stuff that Duper stands for. So, just want to throw that out there. We are sponsored athletes by Duper. This podcast is not sponsored by Duper. Did I cover all my bases? Yeah, you really did, Robert. Okay. That was, that was okay. very thorough. <laughs> but the important part of all that to, to lead in is we have the guy here that can actually explain it, and I think it's really cool because just from kind of getting to know you a little more, Steve, you've you've been interested in very involved and pretty deep in other sports slash games that have uh very developed rating systems you know a lot about chess which i I have quite a bit of experience with as well and definitely some other games where ratings are really important and they're really good yeah Uh, they're they're very accurate so i just found interesting that you had such a strong background in rating type stuff and you kind of talked to me a little bit about what you saw missing and what we had before this Uh, and kind of how you're filling that hole. So I'll just let you kind of talk over it, and you can get it from the guy himself here about what we're missing in pickleball mm-hmm. and why it's a good thing. Well, well, thank you. And uh, it was uh, it was a pretty good chess player as a kid. Yeah, I wasn't no I was no Magnus Carlsen, but mm-hmm. I was a, I was a decent chess player as a kid. Uh, chess is an amazing rating system, the Elo system. It's it's completely transparent. It's completely obvious. By the way, once you've played for a while and you you're a chess player, you know immediately if you win, lose, or draw a match, you could you could estimate almost perfectly in your head kind of how much you're rating. Yeah, it's pretty I simple. love it's it's so simple. It's so it's transparent. It's completely obvious. There's another game that I'm a complete addict to, and I think I may have ru- ruined Ben's life as well. <laughs> it's called Dominion. Uh, uh, every, I, I every just in- like to to 
have a, a note to all our listeners. I may or may not be quitting pickleball to become a full-time <laughs> Dominion player, but that's a story for another time. You can if, continue now, Steve. If that happens, uh, I will take the flack from the pickleball community for, <laughs> for, for ruining your life. Uh, uh, Arena loves to play as well, uh, and it has uh, a great rating system, the, the, the Glico 2 system, similar to ELO in many ways. And, again, completely transparent. You know if you win or lose a match against a pl- different rated player, how much your rating is going to be affected, and uh, and those those ratings are fantastic. You know when you start a match, who you're, whether you're playing when, when online on Dominion, you or you can do this on a lot of chess servers. You can say, I will only play players who are plus in my plus or minus two hundred in my chess rating. Yep. So you know every game is going to be competitive, and we we just you know we just don't frankly for most players in pickleball we don't have the equivalent of that. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm going I'm going back to gratitude. I'm not ungrateful for the people who have created the current rating system and they put work into that. I am grateful. But I do think there's some, some, some things that could be improved about where we are in ratings and pickleball. The first thing is not enough people have a rating. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, I don't know what the number is. 90-something percent of people who play pickleball, even people who play pickleball fairly regularly, don't have a rating or have never played a rated match. That that doesn't seem like a good place for the sport. Basically, you, you're on an online uh, chess site. You have a rating immediately. Correct. After yeah. like three games, you have, after like five or six games, you probably have a fairly yeah. accurate. I remember the rating. first time I signed up for chess. I started at a twelve hundred. I played five games and I had a rating. Yeah, Is you have a easy? rating. Yeah. And 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 everybody does. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows kind of where they are. And if they enter a tournament, what level tournament they enter into. Uh, Dominion, yeah, <laughs> a, a, a game that a lot less people know the chess, but nonetheless, the same thing. After like five or six games of Dominion, an hour or two, you, you know where you stand, and you know what level players you should play against. We don't, we don't have that in pickleball, and so many people struggle with that. They just don't know what tournament they belong in. They don't know how good they are, <laughs> and yeah, uh, and it, it's a problem as a tournament director. We've run some tournaments here. You run a 4-0 tournament, and you might get people who are probably legit 5-0s and, and people who are legit 3-0s, and, and they just don't know. They, and the 3-0s don't always you know, have a great experience. They might lose their – even if it's double elimination, they might lose 11-1, 11-2, 11-0, 11-0, and they're done. And that's not a great day. They paid their, their tournament entry. They, they didn't love that. The 5-0 player probably, you know, probably putting those 11-0 beatdowns down, not, not necessarily that much fun either, no. frankly. And nobody had a great experience. And that's just not going to help our sport get to a better place. So the first thing Duper is 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 starting to do is starting to achieve, and we're getting better. Just like we get better at Dreamland every day, we're going to make Duper better every day. Is we have uh, a place you can go right now on on the web, Duper.gg. Good game, Duper.gg. Uh, and if you play with four players, all of them sign up for Duper, which takes about two minutes to sign up. You can enter the results. When you enter the results, it sends an email to all the other, every players you play against. When they verify it, it immediately affects your rating. Uh, if you play for an afternoon in a league or with a group of people, you know, a group of like 8 to 12 people, and you mix around and play a little bit, in two or three hours, you're going to have, just like in chess, you're going to have a pretty darn accurate rating. You're going to know where you sit. And that's cool. That will make the sport better. It will also make people more interested. Uh, I tell people... If you've ever been a, 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 a part of a tennis club, as soon as you put a ladder on the wall and there's rankings, everybody, everybody gets more competitive. They want to play more. Everybody wants to play. They want to play more. <laughs> they want to get more lessons. 
uh, they want to get more involved. This is a giant ladder. And in Duper, you're going to be able to see where you rank nationally. You'll be able to see where you rank among men in Texas, among men in Texas above 50. You'll have all these ladders. If you have a club, say you have a, a, a pickleball league, you can have a, a ladder for your league, just for people in this league. Where do you rank? And we'll, we're creating all the software. You'll be able to do that. Uh, ladders for, for everybody. Yep. And that is going to make the enjoyment of the sport higher for the people who play it. It's going to make uh, leagues and tournaments more popular because they're going to be more fun to play. You're going to yep. be playing at the right level. It's going to make the demand for instruction go up. <laughs> All these things are, are really, really good for the sport. And, yeah, I, I've given you a lot of gratitude. Now I'm going to say something nice about myself. <laughs> and nice about what we're doing at Duper. We're doing, like, Duper, the, the, the thing you can sign up right now is free. Nobody has to give us a dollar for you to use it, and you can use it right now. You can go, go play with four of your friends. Uh, do we eventually want to make money with Duper? Yes. Yes, I, w- I would like that. We will do that by adding additional features that will might even be it might be really cool. And we've talked about some of these features with you, and we can talk about them on here or, or not. It doesn't matter if we want to or not. But, if we, but, but things that will be cool that will make your experience of pickleball more fun and better, and if people are willing to pay us for that, then, then we've earned it. Uh, but I, I guess, I, I anticipate that probably 90% of the people who use the Duper system, hopefully, hopefully will find it enjoyable and start using it, will never pay us a dollar. Mm-hmm. Again, that's okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's okay like with me. What I say about stuff like that is it is never a bad thing to have options. <laughs> I love having <laughs> options. And, I mean, when, when you have a system like this, it's not like you're going to go one day, it's free, and the next day, oh, I have to pay for what I had before. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's just like, hey, yeah. you have an option of more features if you want them, in which case we're going to make some money back. But, hey, it's just an option. <laughs> exactly. So I, 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 don't, I feel like but that's, a, that's a good way to do business. Start off with something. It's the freemium model they say in exactly. yeah. yep. start, start off with something, and if you're, if you're delivering value for people and they believe it's valuable to their life and they want to pay you for that, great. And yeah. if, not, if not, so be it. That, yeah. that's, okay. that's okay, too. Um, the other thing about Duper I think is cool. Is, so the first thing is we need to have more people with ratings, and we have to have more results in a, in a system. That, that, that alone will change a lot. But another thing that you know, we've had discussions about is I think the Duper system where the game – Results, not just who won the match, but actually the extent to which they won yeah. <laughs> uh, affects it. means that we get to a much more accurate rating quicker. And the example that, that I gave is, say, you know, Ben's playing singles in a tournament. And uh, in one round, he beats a player, you know, 11-2, 11-2. Next, next round, he plays another player. And this is a big tournament when he's not, you know, he's taken very seriously. He wins that next match, 11-9, 11-9. It was a super tight match. Um, or he makes it, maybe he wins 11-9, loses 5-11, and wins 11-9 in the third. All right. Now let's say that those two players, the one who beat 11-2, 11-2, and the other one who really made it a tight match, they play each other later on in the consolation bracket, a game to 15. Which one of those two are you betting on? <laughs> I, I would bet the farm that the, the guy that took Ben to, to three yeah. is, is, is a huge favorite. Yeah. In other words, you've learned something yeah. from that result that will give you a sense of who, how good these players are. Right. And to throw that data away and just say both of those are a, are a loss yeah. 
is to throw away a lot of valuable information. Yep. And, 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 a, and a good radius system shouldn't shouldn't. And honestly, that. it sucks for the player that lost close, right? You've, you just played Ben, yeah. you know, 11-9 in the third, and it just counts. It's the same It's the same as if you lost 11-0, 11-0. Well, yeah. I still lost. I don't get anything out of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, where you're going with that, I, I assume, Steve, is just you don't want information to be lost. You want stuff to be accounted for like that and just – just from other stuff too it's not just ratings and stuff like that it applies to a lot of things in in life where if you're not using all the data you have available yes. to you you're just not making the an educated decision that's right and i'm sure you you're more aware of that than anybody as a as a hedge fund guy i mean you're yeah. using everything you possibly can exactly and yeah i think the counterpoint to that which has been made by among other people arena who made a good point is like at the pro level maybe that's less true because pros are playing a lot of matches, mm -hmm. and yeah, and you know, there probably are matches where you're up, you know, ten two, and maybe you're not taking the next few points as seriously. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're capable of doing that. Most people aren't. You know, <laughs> when they, they, and maybe you lose a few points that way. And for the, pr yeah, but you know you're going to win. Right. It, like, it, 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 maybe for the pros, we should have a separate rating system. And we're talking about this. And we would want you know, input from from all of you, you, you two, and others, about that. That comes much more focused on the, the victory. That matters a lot more. And maybe the points don't matter as much, or or at all. I think it's still. I think it still matters. The I, points. I think. I think the point is that the effect is not as dramatic, but that yeah. effect is still there, and it needs to be taken into account somehow. Because yeah. yeah, of course, my first round. I'm generally, I look asleep sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told I, I don't look at, at a full capacity yet. And that no, that's definitely true. It's not like you're giving away points. It's just you don't feel the, the pressing need like you do in a championship match. Your adrenaline's not there, all that stuff. Yeah. And, of course, these are all factors. But that doesn't mean, back to your original example, that 9-9 nine and nine is the same thing as 2-2. Two and two. It's it's, it's clearly thing. that if, if it was going 9-9, nine and nine, I was trying at that point. Like, yeah. very hard. Yeah. So, I think if you... Add more games, get more players in, and you take all the data from the games. You very quickly get to very accurate ratings, and that's an, and for for a vastly expanded number of players. That will make the sport a lot better for for everybody, and that's that's the goal. That's the goal of Duper. I love it. I also really like the fact that um, it's similar to kind of the universal tennis rating system, the UTR. In respect to it's it, you know it's regardless of gender, regardless of age, right? So yep. you could you could you know right now in the the current rating system, you know, a 5.0, a 5.0 senior female player is basically, you know, considered the same as a 5.0, you know, male 30-year-old, 25-year-old, which, you, you know, if you know pickleball, it's very different in yeah. terms of ability. And what I like about Duper is that, you know, if your rating's 5.5, I mean, you could have, or a 5.0, whatever it may be, you know, you could have... A uh, 15 year old, and you could have a 65 year old, and one could be a male, one could be a female. It doesn't matter because that's your skill level. So yep. it's purely based on skill level. And I just like what you can do with tournaments in that respect, right? Because it just makes it like like what you said earlier, Steve. It was you know, there's not many. It's it, what makes pickleball special is that you could have, you know, that unathletic quote unquote person that's 15 that they found their sport. This is their sport, and they can compete against somebody that's 65 and have a really competitive match and it just brings it bring it bridges gaps, you know, that you don't usually see in other sports, which is really unique. Well, another uh, another way that tournament directors could run tournaments when we have duper is you could have a duper nine and under tournament, meaning your team total of your rankings has to be under nine, but you could play 
with the same gender, opposite gender, senior, junior, it 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 it, it doesn't matter. Yep. And sometimes when you if you go to a tournament and you're playing one event, but you want to play another one, and you got to find just the the perfect partner. There's the right rating mm-hmm. in that in that category, and they have to be the right gender. And gosh, that's often just super hard. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you, know, you might not be able to do it. And this way, if it was, you, you know that you're a, a 4.4 duper, you could say that anybody 4.6 and under, closer to 4.6 the better, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take what, what I can get. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. And, and that just broadens it's that. definitely a larger subset it's, than it's, the other situation. It's a situation. huge subset, and now you're going to be able to find a partner. 100%. And I think that's 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 kind of that's kind of fun. That'll be, and, and not every format's going to be that. There'll, there'll still be, you know, yep. same gen- all, all the things that we have now. We'll have seniors. I, I'm not opposed to that. Yep. It's just again, as Ben says, another option. So can't, can't more options, bad, so are, some, more options are better. Another option. And what, it is cool because it's it's very similar to like we saw at the U.S. Open, where you just have different matchups. Like you have, you know, they did a split pro, so you had seniors and regular pros, yeah. and you're going to see just some really interesting matchups. You could have, you know. Two two women and yeah. playing two men doesn't matter. Absolutely. It's just really cool. You know, if it was like a ten max or maybe an eleven max duper tournament, yeah, you know, you'd have would, some really interesting stuff. That'd be yeah. really interesting. That'd be a really interesting tournament to watch. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd like to watch that tournament. Everyone likes the <laughs> matchups. They like it when certain teams look like not handicapped, but imagine you know a six zero playing with a five zero or something. It's gonna look lopsided, and you'll have like mixed versus an even team. It's just it makes for very fun matches. I think uh, another thing along that line is like we see evidence of that in, in like team events where you see pairings among pros that you now normally never see because at the pro level, yeah. most people play with the same partner or the same couple partners, and you don't see like new matchups. So like the PPA did a, a team event. Uh, and there have been a couple other team events where you see new matchups and people really get invested and interested in those because they're new and people like new things. Yeah. Yep. What else we got, boys? <laughs> Any other freestyle? <laughs> oh, that is that is it on my part. I think I uh, I do have a um, a presentation on uh, some some qu- well <laughs> quantum <laughs> quantum physics class in about oh. twenty minutes. So uh, I'm actually thinking about that right now. <laughs> you guys want to hear about <laughs> massless batteries? No, enough. <laughs> I'll shut your mic off right now. Uh, one la- one one last thing, Steve. I don't know how much you want to go into this, um, and maybe not much at all. Uh, but I, you know, you've talked to us a little bit about this, and you've got some plans in the works about a pretty cool event later on this year. Um, I'll just I'll just leave it at that and let you divulge as much as right. or as little as you like. Well, let me start again with a recurring theme: the gratitude theme. Uh, I love the existing pro tours, the PPA and the APP. I think they're doing they're both doing great jobs. I think they they are uh, providing great events for the players. They're doing great with the video and the social media. I'm, I'm all, um, I love them. They're active supporter of the PPA, and we've talked to the APP a number of times about being a supporter of them as well. So all, all, all goods and, and all good to both of them, and, and kudos to you both. And, uh, you know, I'm working on, on uh, kind of a, a different format event. We will, you know, we will do it at a time where we're not going to be stepping on either one of those tours. We're, we're going to be respectful. But I think something fun and interesting and, and new uh, that, that I hope that the players will, first of all, the players will love. Uh, we'll start there. But I think it could be a really fun experience for the, for the fans. And you know, w- watch this face a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping to have one this fall. Uh, but, again, it's, uh, it's, it's supportive of the pickleball community, not, not trying to tear anybody down. I'm trying to add, add value. 
Absolutely. And just, just from what, you know, Ben and I have been told, it sounds, it's, it, it sounds like a really, really fun thing, a, a unique thing that hasn't really been done before. And yeah, excited, excited when uh, you can, when you can tell us more. Definitely good for the growth as well. <laughs> that's what I'll say. Well, I think that's, uh, that's going to be a wrap. Awesome. It's a freestyle wrap. Thanks for being our first guest, Steve. It's a, it's a, it's a major <laughs> honor. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm humbled. As you know, and grateful. As, the theme of the theme of the podcast, and uh, as been, as been said, every time we come to Dreamland, something it seems like everything's changed again, more iteration. So, as things continue to change and evolve with everything you have going on, we'll be sure to bring you back on at a later date. That would be fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Take it easy, guys. Freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs>